Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the podcast with your host, me, Autumn Brueger. I am so, so, so very excited for this episode and I feel like I start every podcast, every episode off with the same intro, but there's really no, nothing else to say because I am very excited. I guess we, I'm going to ask you, you know, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm glad you're doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, who's excited for warm weather? Anyone? Anyone? Yes, I'm very excited for warm weather. I like the winter when it snows for a little bit, like Christmas time and into January. That's fine. You know, snow, great. But then it gets cold and there's no snow. So, like, what's the point if it's cold and there's no snow? Anyway, I'm excited for warm weather because we get to do stuff outside and we're moving. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited. Just excited. Excited is my favorite word today, apparently. So let's get right into it. It's going to be great. Alrighty, guys, let us get right into it today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts of the Apostles, Apostles, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9. Starting in verse 1, we are going to be talking about Paul slash Saul slash Saul slash Paul today. So, starting in verse 1, Acts 9 verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation, 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 in the arrest of any followers of the way. The way, like... In the Mandalorian, we're like, this is the way. The Christians are like, this is the way. Anyway. He found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Chains. And he was approached. And what is happening? And he was approaching Damascus. As he was. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. Saul picked himself up Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his command companions why is war, why are words so hard so his companions led him by the hand to damascus he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink now there was a believer there in damascus named ananias the lord spoke to him in a vision calling ananias yes lord he replied the lord said go over to straight street i did not know that they had street names in the bible you think Jesus lived on like Carpenter Street? I wonder what street he lived on. I'm just gonna add it to my list of questions to ask him when we go to heaven. What street did you live on, Jesus? Anyway, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so we can see. Okay, so whoa, this noise is getting loud, louder and louder. Anyway, um, so this guy named Paul. Saul, this guy named Saul, is like persecuting Jesus's people, and 
then he's going to Damascus on this mission, a mission, and a, a bright light from heaven, like, shone around him, and he was like, oh my gosh, what is this, and then he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, and I know you just know this because I just read it to you, but I'm recapping for you guys, so, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, and Saul's like, who are you, and the voice is like, I'm Jesus, the one you are persecuting, now go to the city, and then you'll be told what you must do, so then another guy comes named Ananias, and he heals him. And then afterwards, Saul gets baptized, and then he turns to Paul. So suddenly there's Paul. Anyway, if you turn your Bibles to Romans 7, there's a lot of verses today. Romans 7, can you still hear me? Is that noise too loud? I don't know. It's the, like I said before, washer-dryer thing. Anyway. Anywho. So Romans 7, starting in verse... 18. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is wrong, but I do it. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, but if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. So, anyway. So, this is Paul, who was Saul, but now he's Paul. And he's saying that he wants to do what is right, but his, the sinful nature is too strong in him, and he can't. Right? So this guy named Paul is like one of the most amazing people in the whole Bible. He has written so many books in the New Testament. He's gone to so many different places. He like literally has broken out of prison so many times. He's awesome. And he sins he said it right there that he sins he was Saul he killed people he sins and whenever I read this I like just I was just reading it today and it just hit me so strong that like God was still using him and he was sinning he was asking God for forgiveness but God was still using him this is only in Romans he has so many places that he's gone there's so many other books, like, after, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11 more books or so, uh, that's 11 more places, 11 more, whatever, you know, he's gone to a lot of other places after this, and he's saying that, like, I'm sinning, but I just, it, this is hard to, like, articulate here, but, like, God still is using him, God still loves him, and it just, like, overwhelms me with the goodness of God, that, like, you sin, you mess up. Yeah, sure. That's what the flesh does. But he still loves you. And he, he like, God's not out looking for you to be like, all right, you sin, you go to hell. Go on, get, you know, he's like, I love you. I don't, there's new mercies every morning. Psalms 30 talks about like the whole chapter is about how good God's mercy is. How like he, David messed up. Okay. David messed up a couple times and God still, his, his mercies are new every morning. He's like, oh, David, I forgive you. I love you. He's like, Saul, Paul, whatever your name is now. I forgive you and I love you and I still want to use you. And that's what God's saying to you guys and to me and to everybody. Anyway, that was a little bit of a rant. But like God loves you and his goodness is amazing. And if you can just understand that God loves you and he only wants what's best for you and that when you mess up, he still loves you and he still wants to use you. And the, like when you ask God for forgiveness, he forgives you and he forgets it. He forgets that you're the only one that remembers. And I just picture this like, okay, this is maybe a little bit weird. But there's you and there's God with like this bucket. And he's just like pouring stuff on you. 
he's pouring his goodness on you and like when you mess up you move out of that but it's still pouring like you can it's kind of weird but if you get it you get it okay he loves you he he's so good and he forgives you and he wants to bless you and it's just amazing but in saying that we do not have to sin no we do not because if you keep reading it says thank god the answer is in jesus christ our lord so you see how it is in my mind i really want to obey god's law but because of my sinful nature i'm a slave to sin okay so anyway the answer is jesus the answer is in jesus christ our lord who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death jesus will so he says how does he free you well let's see Romans 7, verse 3. No, verse 1. Romans 7, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with this law, the law, you know, like the law of Jesus, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? I guess the law they're talking about isn't the law of Jesus. It's like the law, the law of Moses, I suppose. Um, For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies... The law of marriage no longer applies to her. So, while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who raises from the, who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused those evil desires and produced a harvest of sinful deeds. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it, and we are no longer captive to its power. So, once again, we're going to recap. So, in like the law of Moses, in the law, when you get married, so when a woman gets married, she is like she's with her husband she has she's married to her husband if so she marries someone else or she sleeps with someone else that's committing adultery but if her husband dies then she's free when you die says the law only applies to a person that's living so when you die that law no longer applies to you right so we died with christ you know jesus he came for us he died on the cross He went into a tomb for three days and then God raised him from the dead. We died with Christ. Our sins died with Christ. We died with Christ. And we were also raised, risen, risen, raised, raised from the dead with God. So that means that we are dead to the law. We died so that law has no power over us. We were raised again with Jesus. Right? So our sinful nature, the flesh has no power over us anymore. That law that was, that was, um, what's the word binding controlling that was holding us captive is broken because we died with christ right we are no longer captive to its power we aren't captive to sin anymore because we died with christ and literally it's that's the law the law is that it only binds it only applies to you when you're alive but we died with jesus so that law the law of like sin the law of that said an eye for an eye, whatever. It doesn't, that doesn't apply anymore. We don't have to, you know, it's just, we don't have to sin. You don't have to sin because you're dead to it. It does not apply to you. God died for you, so you didn't have to. 
that's just, I don't know if that made sense to anybody, but that is amazing to me. That God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to sin. You don't have to sin. You can live free from sin. And even if you do mess up, so what? God loves you and he cares for you. Like I said before, I'm just going to kind of repeat, even though I hate it when people do that, I'm going to do it. That Paul and slash Saul, Saul Paul, was awful. He was a wicked, awful person. And he repented. And God was like, oh yeah, I totally forgive you. And he's, when, when, he, when Paul messes up now, or when he used to mess up because he's dead now, when he messes up in like <clears throat> later on in his life, God wasn't like, Saul, Paul, whatever. Why is this so hard? Paul, listen, you used to murder people, okay? You're a horrible person, but I guess I'll forgive you. Look what, remember what you did back there when you killed my people? Paul, I can't even believe you. No, he's like, what? I don't remember that. What are you talking? When Paul's like, God, I'm so sorry. I did this a long time ago. I already asked for your forgiveness, but I'm just going to ask for your forgiveness again because I'm so sorry. And he's like, what are you talking about? Huh? What, what did you do? He doesn't remember because he loves you and he is so good. Let me look up the word goodness in my little thingy here. Goodness definition, the quality of being morally good or virtuous. Righteous. Fairness, kindness. What does the Bible mean by goodness? Holy, pure, righteous. Goodness is godliness. Goodness can often be seen in our actions by our heart. Anyway, that did not really do what I wanted it to do. But anyway. What? That was a waste of time. In saying all of that rantness that I just did, because that took a while and I don't know if you got anything from that, God is good. My recap is God is good. If you sin, he forgives you and he loves you. He is, he loves you as new mercies for you. He doesn't want you to go to hell. He wants you to go to heaven and he wants you to live on earth, just like in heaven with riches, with ease, with fruitfulness. That's what he wants for you because he loves you and you are not bound to the law of sin. You died with Christ and he raised you from the dead, rose you, (laughs) he raised you from the dead. So the law doesn't have any power of you. The law does not bind you anymore. You are free. You are no longer captives to its power. And now you can serve God. And it'll be so easy for you. And you can... Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me on that interesting journey. There were, I think, some good nuggets in there if you can find them. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. That is all that I have for you today. Except, how would you guys feel if I brought on some, like, guests? I don't know. I was thinking about that. Would that be interesting for you to have, like, guest speakers? Guests, like, if I interviewed people? I don't know. I'm just thinking. That was a lot to swallow ever. I think that it would be so cool. Anyway, let me know what you think. And I hope you have the best day ever. Let me pray for you real fast. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for my friends. God, I thank you that you will bless them. I thank you that they would have soft hearts to receive your love and your goodness. They would understand that you love them and that you are so good and that even when they mess up, it's okay because you love them so much and you're just gonna help them get back to the place they started. I pray that your goodness would follow them everywhere they go. I pray a hedge of protection around them in Jesus' name, that nothing could harm them, that they would have, they would produce fruit, everything they put their hand to. We love you so much in Jesus' name. 
amen amen guys thank you so much for listening i love you guys so much have the best day ever